Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sport Toys, KMOX. I, I might have gotten myself in trouble here by, by doing this. This could be a huge, huge mistake. But I do love these guys right here. Uh, these are two great St. Louis Cardinals, but they're also great friends. We, uh, we're live. It's the Garage Happy Hour. I am in my garage. I appreciate everybody doing this. I welcome the audience from the Cardinals Fantasy Camp. I know we have a lot of our campers watching, and they recognize these two gentlemen. And please join me in welcoming to the Garage Happy Hour, first of all, right here, the world champion in 1982, Dave LaPointe is with us on the Garage Happy Hour. And on this side, right there, wearing a hat as if he was driving an Uber, he is. The one and only former Cardinals pitcher and uh, another great guy, great man, John Costello is with us on the Garage Happy Hour. Absolutely fantastic to have you both. You guys doing all right? We're all we're all cool, right? Everything good? Well, you get off to a rocky start this morning, buddy. I got you know, you know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know no why idea. you want to pick on us two and and, and really go at us because you're going to go to camp again, right? I uh, eventually, yes. Okay. I did. Yeah, yeah. I look we'll table. We'll table it till we get down there. Okay. All right. That sounds good. I think. I think. Uh, I'm not really sure what we're referring to. Oh, wait a minute. We're referring to the fact that I dished out about seven baseball cards. Is that it? And I couldn't find a Cardinals one. Is that right? Six exactly. And there's there's only like uh, eleven or twelve of me in a Cardinal uniform. But hey, you couldn't find one. Yeah, I left. You're, out in, a, to... you're in a garage. How many boxes of baseball cards do you have? <laughs> they're they're in the basement. Uh, I did. I was very impressed how many I found. I you have a basement find, in your garage? I do have a not in here. No. Okay. Uh, I, I found, uh, I did not find Brewers or Phillies, uh, but I did find uh, the rest of them there. Mr. LaPointe. I could, you know, maybe the fact that the Cardinals that you, you uh, your last year, the Cardinals was 84. And I really started collecting heavily in 85. I think that could be the, the Of course issue. you did, and you were a big Jack Clark fan, and, and that's the way that worked. Oh, my gosh, was I ever. Uh, John Costello did find, however, three of your uh, Cardinals cards, and there might have been a few others in there. I'm not sure. Yeah, they make a good coaster. You got <laughs> to change them out after three drinks. Uh, <laughs> now... The other issue that I got some heat on, see this, if you want to go to Facebook and, and take a look at the, the promotional video and photo, is I put out a photo and I got all kinds of heat and from not only these two, I don't know about Pointer uh, giving me heat, but I got some heat even from Jason Isringhausen putting a photo out 
from camp. I think it's a great picture of Dave LaPointe, me, and Andy Van Slyke, who was on my team last year I was in camp. A nice promotional photo with Pointer on the left side. And boy, did they come at me. Isringhausen, like, do you mean Van Slyke is on the show? Costello's texting me. I mean, you know, come on. I think that's false advertising, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, you, you, would, you would think the guy prepares for everybody. But yeah. this must have been a huckle that he didn't have to prepare for this show, and he just threw stuff up against the wall, and, and here we are. Yep, well, I, just, not I just want to congratulate Tom on a great run. You had a great run. This will probably be your last show <laughs> after we start talking here a little more. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. No, it's so, good to have you. Yep. Joe Kretz is going to send you some cardinal cards of Dave LaPointe. Okay. I know Joe from camp and one of the best pitchers down there. He's great. He doesn't think that Costello can get through the whole show without being blocked out at least once. Ah, <laughs> Well, that, I don't you know why you would think that. You gotta know your audience. But but the one lesson we've learned from Joe Pfeiffer in camp is you really shouldn't slight anybody along the way. Yeah, Pfeiffer was all over it. And uh, you so slighted both of us in one day pre-show. I did. I took I I I took some subtle shots that, that ended up not being so subtle. Uh yeah, Pfeiffer called it a disgrace. So I mean when the when the when the big dog says that, boy, that's that's tough stuff right there. Actually, remember that photo pointer? I'm, I was kind of embarrassed by this, is that it was uh, a picture of you, me, and Van Slyke. And I realized that when I was a youngster, you and Van Slyke appeared, I believe, at Olive and 270 at a, at a strip mall there right by Fridays. Sure, it was I, a mall? Yeah. A strip and I, mall? And I, got okay. a, and I got autographs and, and photos from each of you. So I went back and looked, and I I, I, could, I could only find the uh, the Van Slyke one. There we go again. We're, we're living in the fast lane right now. I don't that's understand. Just, that's that's the way our careers have gone. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just you know. Just so let honest. me ask you this: If when you have Van Slyke on the show, are you going to show a picture of you, me, and Dave? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's I'm just trying to figure out how this works. I don't know how don't it works. Know. Listen, I've been, I've been getting ripped all week as it is because I just happened to make – it was the anniversary of the Jack Clark trade, and Mad Dog Russo was talking about it, and he, and he called me a so-so pitcher. Oh, no. Right? And that may be the truth, but he doesn't have to say it on air. It's very hurtful. Yeah, That is hurtful. Uh, that doesn't need to be said. That's not true. You're a world champion. Yeah, does he have a World Series ring? That's right. He does not. Yeah. So then yeah. be quiet. Brush it off. Absolutely right. Well, he's, also, he's, a, he's also a Giants fan, so he might, you know, he didn't like the trade in the first place. So He is a Giants fan, and he also has spent some time covering the New York Yankees, and you were a Yankee. And you know what? You're a great Yankee. I, and by the way, Pointer and I called some baseball together. And I thought, you didn't know that I was going to ask you to do that, but we did a spring training game together two seasons ago. I saw you in the crowd before the game, and I said, hey, why don't you come up? and call a couple innings with me. And Kyle McClellan, to his credit, stepped aside, did not make it a three-man booth, two-man, and you and I did the game, what did we do, two, maybe even three innings, and you were great, Pointer. Thank you. I appreciate that. You were really great. You know, you, you, you took it seriously. You, you um, did some things for us uh, on camera. No invites. 
I just chased no invite. Chase made for radio and a body made for bowling. That's on the back of one of my baseball cards. So we're all good there. You did awesome. You're uh, Pointer, you're in Tampa. Uh, you are uh, at the home of Super Bowl 55. Uh, it's 32 degrees in my garage right now. What was it like today in Tampa? A little chilly? 37 this morning when we got up. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, it's going to be 70 when the game starts. But the second half is going to be like 55 with a 25-mile-an-hour wind, and that feels like the 20s if you're a Floridian. So um, the kicking game will not be really good in the second half. Ah, that's good. Good to know. Uh, you're, you're not that anybody that watches your show gambles or would have any type of bet going on about Of course that. not. No, definitely not. I didn't know Dave is a meteorologist. <laughs> John, I can read. Ah, it's on the board. If I, have, if I have tricky words, I call Ricky Horton, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but Rick, and, Rick charges when you call him. You call Rick, it costs money. He won't answer the phone unless you put something into a Venmo account. Listen, if you're big enough that you have to have a code name on Facebook, I'm going to keep calling <laughs> John, coming to us from St. Louis. Uh, working with the World Chess Hall of Fame, one of the great uh, spots here in St. Louis and certainly known internationally. I'm sure you're very uh, happy to be associated and involved with them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sitting right now in the chess club here in the Central West End and coming to you live from the chess club. That's you awesome. See chess, chess behind me on TV. Oh, very good. Uh, it's, it's incredible how popular that is around the world, isn't it? Yeah, especially since the uh, Queen's Gambit movie came out. And uh, I think it was Anya Taylor-Joy was the main actress in it. But Chess Online has gotten a real boom from that. And it's become even more popular than ever. That's awesome. Well, it's good to have both of you on the show. And I, I mentioned Fantasy Camp. Uh, <clears throat> Pointer, Dave LaPointe is with us. The Fantasy Camp is one of the great experiences. I went down there for three years. And you know what? I felt like I became a better ball player each and every year. Boy, I just... Uh... Wow, you must have been bad before. <laughs> well, how would you assess my play um, from from year to year? Ooh, wow. Uh, you know, they had this award. It used to be called Nowhere to Go But Up. And the winner of that award would get a poster of Ernie Banks from the Cubs because nobody wanted to be a Cub. And um, you did not win that award. So that shows you the type of competition you were playing against. You weren't even in the final five. Wow. But you know what? I got to give you credit, though. When we, we put you in the outfield, you could catch a fly ball. I appreciate that. We cannot say that for 95% of the guys that go to that camp. So that, that's a big deal. Well, uh, I appreciate that. I, I, that. That is important. And it, it, one thing that it does teach you, fantasy camp, is that this game is not easy. Uh, and and it gives you a better appreciation for what the ball players go through. John Costello, I did get a couple of base knocks off your team. I think we got you a couple of times, but uh, fantasy camp is is a good time, isn't it? We we went head to head quite a few times. Yeah, well, I, you know, I told my pitchers that you know you were having a tough camp, and I said, you know, try and hit his bat because if he if he goes home without a hit he's going to be really upset so i said you know make sure you hit his bat and i knew how to hit bats when i pitched so i taught him a few tricks well you you're better than that the new york native john costello uh could uh, throw some heat uh you pitched uh for whitey herzog in the 1980s and and so did dave lapointe 
And uh, we had uh, some really great times spending some time talking. You know, I was um, I was anticipating perhaps that, you know, we could reminisce. And, and I thought that uh, I might take a little bit of heat for some of my play. And, and I thought maybe I could use a little backup somebody that could evaluate my play, but also spend some time with us talking about the Cardinals of the 1980s. Uh, Sam, why don't you bring in, we got somebody backstage who, who I thought might be able to jump in and join us. Oh my God. <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> yes. How about the bebop hat that Costello had on? Look at him. <laughs> Is that a chess hat? He thought that, that was an Uber hat in the way after it's the a, show. He looks, looks like yeah. a ta taxi. <laughs> if, this thing, if this thing lights up, I got to go. I got to get a ride at the airport. What's up, Ozzy? All right. How you guys doing? Doing great. I, You know how much I love these two guys, and uh, I it was... Wait a minute, Tom. I'm going to interrupt you. How bad were the ratings before this show that you had to call Ozzy up and say, listen, you got to bail me out. <laughs> Nobody signed up. He told me, he said, I, the ratings will probably be pretty bad on this show. Could you, could you drop in and say hi to the guys? I said, oh, okay, I'll help your ratings. Uh, Ozzy Smith, you'll hear more from him when we come back. It was a fun visit on the Garage Happy Hour as he surprised John Costello and Dave LaPointe. We'll continue it after the break. You can see the whole thing at Facebook Live on our Camo Exports Facebook page. And we'll hear what Ozzy has to say about Nolan Arenado. That's on the way. John Mosellock at 11.30. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Back after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. More from the Garage Happy Hour, the 80s roundtable, let's call it, with Dave LaPointe and, of course, John Costello and the surprise guest, Ozzie Smith. Let me, I can't uh, let you guys go without asking you about the current events and the Cardinals making a monster, monster move. And Ozzie, I'll start with you. Yes. Uh, Ozzie, the 13-time Gold Glover, and now we have an eight-time Gold Glover, and we know what he's also done offensively. Nolan Arenado, what was your reaction to that? Let me tell you, you know, uh, kudos to the Cardinals for being able to pull off a trade like this. This year, uh, it sends you to another level because he's, that type of impact player. He plays on both sides of the ball. A great defensive player, great offensive player. Um, when he gets here to St. Louis, I mean, it, this is an ideal place for a player like him, you know. So um, it's sky's the limits right now. They are, they're in a great position. And for a pitching staff, um, for this pitching staff, uh, now that they're, they're very they're solid as a def defensive club. Uh, second base, I guess they're probably going to use Tommy Edmond, but they're probably one of the premier defenses in baseball right now and um, offensively they won't be able to play with anybody. John Costello, what'd you think? City went crazy, didn't it, with uh, the Cardinals and what they've done? Yeah, everybody's phones blew up and, uh, you know, the deal wasn't going through. And then Mosellac, you know, he, he stepped in and said, well, since nobody nobody's making a move, why don't you throw another 50 million towards us? And then all of a sudden the deal happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it happened yeah it happened yeah, it's, I think it'll be a great move for not only him personally as a player but for this town because I think this town's ready for another championship run and uh, with the offense they have like Ozzy just mentioned their defense they're going to be in contention all year 
Yeah, Dave LaPointe, they've uh, had some week, haven't they? Adam Wainwright, Nolan Arenado, and we're still waiting on official word about the catcher. It's It's been a, a great research. I thought Wainwright signed with the Blues. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who reported that on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, that was a graphic error by uh, KMOV, I think, Channel 4. You know what? And John and Ozzy will say this, too, that Getting Arenado, when you get into spring training and there's a certain optimism that's that's there even before you unpack your bags, it makes training camp a whole lot easier. And everybody seems to get along a little bit better and everybody practices a little bit harder and fine-tunes their game. And that's what he's going to do for this club right now. I mean, it was a little stagnant after the end of last year and there wasn't any moves being made. And uh, the ones they talked about, I don't think were really – you know, favorable, but this guy, you know, I, I, they've been after him for a couple of years mm -hmm. and I've been that guy in the background saying, man, let's, let's get this guy. He's, he's going to be perfect for St. Louis. And, and I think it was the same thing when, when we listened to Larry Walker talk down at camp that he said in, in the short time he was in St. Louis, they, they treated him better than they ever did in Colorado. Well, the is going to find out the same thing and just to be a part of Cardinal nation and his game's going to go up. That is Dave LaPointe with John Costello and Ozzie Smith, who dropped in as a surprise guest on the Garage Happy Hour. Really a lot of fun to have those three. And the two in particular, Costello and LaPointe, very well known in Cardinals fantasy camp. And two people that really you walk away with some great memories. They're just so good in a leadership role in that camp. And Ozzie, of course, one of the many legends who appears in that camp. It's always a good time. Can't wait for that to get back going once we get through this pandemic. Can't wait to get people back into the ballpark at Bush Stadium. Cardinal baseball is fast approaching. We're 10 days away from the start of spring training. And John Moselock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, has had a huge week. We'll hear from him live next to discuss it all. The St. Louis Cardinals making headlines and maybe not done. We'll check in with Mo in just a few minutes. Tom Ackerman with you. You can see that full Garage Happy Hour, by the way, on our Facebook Live uh, section of our KMO Exports Facebook page. The video is up. It always is. Coming up this Thursday, we will have the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, Bob Kendrick, with us on the Garage Happy Hour. Really looking forward to catching up with my friend Bob in Kansas City. Tom Ackerman with you back in a moment with Mo right after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Just got a text from a friend uh, who loves the variety of sports on a Sunday morning on these days. We really appreciate that. We've had a great, great group of guests here today and another great one in his usual 1130 slot, and that is Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock on KMOX. Good morning, Mo. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I am doing great. We just had last segment, Ozzie Smith, among other things, talking about Nolan Arenado and speaking glowingly of the deal. Is that also uh, enjoyable for you to know that the Cardinals legends, that this is so far-reaching, an acquisition like this that just gets everybody, especially those who wear the red jackets, uh, saying great things about the organization? Well, I mean, obviously when you think about – trying to pull off a deal like this, you're hoping it's going to have the type of impact that not only, uh, you know, excites our fan base, but um, excites the people that are part of the organization or have a history with the organization. And, you know, needless to say, when, uh, when this was officially announced, um, obviously it was somewhat anticlimactic given the fact that like, you know, there were so many rumors and leaks throughout the last weekend, but, Nonetheless, I think when it was like official, official, 
it did um, um, accomplish everything that I just mentioned because, you know, I heard from, you know, not only like current employees, but from, from people that used to work with us to, to friends, family and all of that. So like, you know, I really feel like to, to be able to do this and, you know, the, the only thing that's kind of bummer is, is like you just don't know how many fans can show up to the ballpark this year. But nonetheless, it's still going to have a really positive impact with us moving forward. Yeah, what are you hearing on that front? I'm going to jump around a little bit if that's okay. But uh, what what do we know as we sit in this moment? Do we know a lot about what the expectation is for, for fans in the ballpark? Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think a lot of it's going to just be like where – every city or community is at once that time comes to, to decide if you're going to open up your gates, but you know, we're optimistic. We're going to be able to have some, some fans in the ballpark. We just don't know exactly what that percent looks like uh, April, May, June, July, but hopefully it's a, a, it's a growing percent as the season goes on. So, you know, overall, I do think there's some optimism. Um, You know, I'm sitting here as, as actually talking to you, I'm packing up because starting to uh our truck leaves tomorrow and uh so my stuff has to be ready to go and you know we're going down to florida so i mean i know there's still some challenges that that lie ahead in terms of getting through a a 40-day camp 45-day camp with uh with staying healthy but you know all of us from the employee side we understand what we're taxed with and we hope we can get it done Absolutely. We appreciate you taking the time on a busy day like this, as always. You've always been good to join us. You didn't join us last week, and I, we, of course, understood that. There was not a an official announcement yet, and there was still a lot to put together. Uh, you did. You mentioned there were some leaks and things like that. If, if you listen to, to John Mosellock on this show over the past several months since the end of the regular season, he told you, that he was looking and whether you know you wanted to believe that or not i let everybody off the hook mo because if you're a fan uh you can react any number of ways you want it's out of love and passion for the team but you did you said you were looking at multiple markets and then you said not two weeks ago that there were some other things that were going on out there that you were still looking at little did we know it was nolan arenado i think the impact was pretty heavy i like how you put that it was like getting on the green and then five putting uh, trying to make this thing happen. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? I, I could relate to that one. Yeah, we, you know, obviously having a golf analogy there um, as we sit here in 15 degrees is uh, somewhat reaching, but um, it just was, there was a lot of levels of, of frustration. And um, for all the golfers out there that, you know, put one right down the middle, great approach shot, and then you just mug the green and with pot. So it was one of those things where, you know, there were a lot of different moving parts and, you know, maybe someday I'll really, um, you know, put on uh, to the public exactly what happened and all the uh, ups and downs. But it was one of those things where uh, as close as we got multiple times, you know, we also felt like we were right back at the starting line. So, you know, really, I'm grateful for everybody being persistent and patient throughout this process. Sure. I think that's a garage happy hour, personally. A future garage happy hour between me and you. We'll have a couple of pops and and, uh, tell a few stories. Um, Okay, so you have said on this show also that we don't talk about names of players. You did, however, a couple weeks ago allow us to ask you about Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. You have one piece of that puzzle. Uh, Can we ask, do you have an answer for us as to where things stand with uh, one of the legendary catchers of all time? 
Yeah, I think the simplest way to just say it is, you know, we still have dialogue. Um, obviously, the, the, the clock's ticking. Um, you know, when you when you think about players want some resolution of where they're going to be. And, and so I would imagine that um, we're probably going to have some answers to, to these types of questions here in within the week. Um, you know, clearly, I just mentioned I'm heading down on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday next week. So, you know, clearly uh, – the players want to know where they're going. So I'm, I'm hopeful we can find a way to, to bring closure to all these things and, um, you know, get ready for baseball. In the meantime, you did make a trade with the Angels. Dexter Fowler goes there. Was that uh, really something that both sides understood? It was an opportunity for Dexter and also an opportunity for the Cardinals? You know, yeah, I think you could look at it a couple ways. One is, I was just a little concerned going into this camp with with not being able to give him the at-bats he wants. And, you know, I've said it for over a year, we've got to resolve what we have in that outfield. And, you know, the good news is we have a lot of young talent and we've got to find out, you know, who we want to be a part of that outfield moving forward. Dex was uh, entering his last year of the contract, so he was entering a free agency this, this coming off season. And I just didn't know if we could get him the type of playing time that, that he would be looking for as, as he takes that um, next step. And so I really felt like it was it helped both parties, candidly. And uh, obviously this this opens up the door a little bit in terms of, of Dylan Carlson, O'Neill Bader for some clarity there, but then Lane Thomas and even Justin Williams now um, you know, have real good shot to make our club and, and get at-bats. Yeah, I'm, I do not want to favor one outfielder over the other. That's not my purpose here, but I do want to focus on Lane Thomas for a moment because you did touch on this a few weeks ago. This is a player who only played in 34 games in 2019 and only had 38 at-bats. He had an injury, and then in 2020, clearly was not himself after COVID, and COVID – took away most of his season. And that 2019, I mean, there were some signs, let alone what he can do on the base paths and defensively, but this guy can hit, can he? I mean, he had a and, – and get on base. I think that 409 on base percentage, uh, a high OPS. He had four home runs, 316 batting average. Those are good signs. Again, small sample size, but very good signs, aren't they? Well, I think the, the, the key to what you just said is small sample size. And what I mean by that is that's part of our problem. We, we, we're not getting these types of players the playing time for us to truly make decisions. And, you know, noted that this past summer he was one of the guys that, that did uh, contract COVID, and I don't think he really ever caught his stride. But having said all that, that's the purpose of, of why you move Dexter at this point. We really just want to – give these guys a chance. Um, we want to find out what we have. I've been saying that for a year now, and, and so now I think we, we've achieved what, what we're hoping for in terms of being able to create that runway for these young men, and uh, hopefully they can take advantage of it. Two last things for you. Um, again, you're not going to name names. We understand that. But in terms of exploring the markets, uh, is that still active uh, as we stand right now? The answer is yes, but but not uh, necessarily like the major league side of things. Um, I can envision us still making a couple moves that would would enhance like the the non roster invitees to see us a little more depth. But you know, frankly, we're we're pretty excited about what we have. Um, obviously, if we can 
secure the catching situation, then I think we could go into this camp and, and feel pretty good about what we look like. And then finally, Jack Flaherty, what can you tell us about uh, the situation, the arbitration with your starting pitcher? What's uh, What can you share with us there? Uh, we just had our hearing this past Friday. Um, you know, tremendous work by, by our team um, to prepare for it. Obviously, there was a lot going on this past week, so uh, I think all of us, when we, when we got home, Late Friday, everybody was just going to take a deep breath and, and sort of enjoy the weekend. But what I can tell you about the hearing is these are never overly pleasant because, you know, it really is a unique situation where you're having to put the team versus the player and you're trying to do it in a, a way that's not personalized, but it's almost impossible not to have somewhat of that feeling. But, you know, my hope is, and and, and everybody understands, this is just part of our business and, Hopefully uh, everybody can move forward and, and not have any <laughs> grudges, but, um, you know, you never know. And uh, the way I look at it right now is is we had to do what we had to do. And, um, you know, I still admire Jack. I still respect him. And I, I hope he has a really big year for us. So um, in terms of the outcome, I think we'll know something by the end of next week. I appreciate that timeline, and we will catch up with you soon. Have a good week. Safe travels down to Jupiter, and uh, we look forward to Cardinals coverage here on KMOX. Uh, Hopefully we can keep everything on schedule. That would mean our first game would be three weeks from yesterday. How about that? First game we air on KMOX radio. Not bad, huh? Well, keep your fingers crossed, and uh, um, let's hope for the best, right? That's right. Thanks for the time, Mo. Really appreciate it. All right, Tommy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. John Mosella, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations. Always great to be with us on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday morning, every Sunday at 1130. We'll be back with Ron Jacober, the former host of this show, who spent time covering Leon Spinks to the point where he actually covered Leon's victory over Muhammad Ali in 1978 for the heavyweight championship of the world. Friday night, we lost Leon Spinks, the St. Louisan, at the age of 67. Back with Ron Jacober to close out our show. And our don't forget, a Chiefs Super Bowl special is coming up at noon. I'm Tom Ackerman on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back on KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning, Ron Jacober is going to be joining us on the phone in just a moment to talk about Leon Spinks. Super Bowl 55 is today. The Chiefs, a three-point favorite over the Buccaneers, should be a fascinating matchup between two of the great quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, who is going to be one of the greatest of all time, and Tom Brady, who is the greatest of all time. And now he is in his 10th Super Bowl, trying to win his first with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after going to nine of them with the New England Patriots. Just a fascinating story. It really is. And I'm ready to make my Super Bowl pick here, and I am taking the Buccaneers. I just have this feeling that this is going to be Tampa Bay's time, and more accurately, Tom Brady's time. I think that the Buccaneers' defense is better than advertised. I think that's one of the storylines of this game that you're going to find. Kansas City's offensive line uh, is going to get uh, maybe exposed a little bit by these pass rushers, and I think it will be an absolute duel between the two. I'm not saying Kansas City's not going to play well. When they play their best game, they're unstoppable. 
but I don't think that this is going to be a game that they can overwhelm Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think they'll be ready for him. I think their defense, again, is a huge factor in this game. And I like Tampa Bay winning this game by a touchdown. I'm going to pick the Bucks in this game. Ron Jacober has joined us, the St. Louis Media and Radio Hall of Famer, former uh, host of this show. Who are you picking in the Super Bowl, my friend? You know, I'm kind of ambivalent, Tom. I just want to see a good game for a change. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I, I really don't have any strong affiliation or, or affection for Kansas City, although a lot of people here do. But I just want to see a good game. Yeah, I agree with you. I do. I just want to see a good game myself. I'm I'm going to lean. I'm not going to pull necessarily for Tampa Bay to win, but I do think they are going to win. Uh, let me ask you a couple before we talk about Leon Spinks, and I really appreciate you coming on. I want to ask you a couple of other current event questions. Let's get your thoughts on Nolan Arenado. Ron, you have covered some of the great players in Cardinals history, and uh, if uh, history continues for Nolan Arenado, he is going to be one of those, isn't he? I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, the proof is uh... – you know, how he plays here, but there's no no indication at all that he won't be a great player here. He's won a gold glove every season he's played in the major leagues. I mean, he is he is an elite player, and uh, I think St. Louis fans are going to fall in love with him. I suspect, or I hope he falls in love with St. Louis, like some of the other players have done over the years, you know, like McGuire and Holiday, people like that. Yeah, and uh, I had John Mozeliak on just before you, and, boy, he sounds uh, pretty happy. Uh, <laughs> he <days>. should be. <laughs> uh, you've had him on. writing a check. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you had him on your show for many years. You had Walt Jockety on before that. Uh, if I told him that if you listened to him, I told people if you listened to him through the past several months, whether you believed it or not, he said they were looking, and, Boy, it turned out to be some move, and, and the Cardinals, uh, I, I just still am blown away by the move, how lopsided it was, really. I mean, not with all respect to the players, and they may turn out to be great. I'm talking about $50 million coming the Cardinals' way, Ron. Yeah, you're right about that. And, you know, general managers are an easy target. It's always been that way. People who like baseball, who think they know baseball, it's always easy to criticize the general manager. Yeah, that's for sure. Ron, in 1978, you covered Leon Spinks' victory over Muhammad Ali for the heavyweight championship of the world. I can't imagine, A, what that had to have been like in person. You did it for News Channel 5, KSDK, and B, what that had to have been like here in the city of St. Louis with one of our own achieving something of that magnitude. We lost Leon Spinks on Friday night at the age of 67. What are some of the thoughts that, that come to mind today, Ron? Yeah, it was a huge story, Tom, because Spinks, his, he and his brother Michael had won gold medals in the Montreal Olympics. Leon was just out of the Marines. He had only seven pro fights. And Ali was looking for somebody that would create a gate, I think. Ali always needed money. And he thought maybe this Olympic gold medal winner and the ex-Marine would draw people, but thought it would be an easy mark. Turned out it wasn't. I was out there several days before the fight watching Leon work out. He ran miles in weighted boots. I saw him jump rope without stopping 20 minutes. The guy was a rock. Now, he wasn't the best fighter in the world, technically, but he was a brawler. Ali did not take him for, for did not take him very seriously and was really not in very good shape at the time, to tell you the truth. Leon really surprised him. Now, the fight went 15 rounds. By the way, we inducted Leon five years ago in the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. And part of my introduction to the time was playing the video of the 15th round of that fight. It's compelling. We've posted it on the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame website if people want to watch that 15th round. But it was, it was a joyous occasion, you know. 
But, Tom, to tell you the truth, the life of Leon Spinks is really kind of sad when you stop to think about it. Uh, he fought far too much. He had 185 amateur fights before he turned pro. He had 46 professional fights and lost 20 of them. In the mid-'80s, when he wasn't very good anymore, he lost eight of his last or eight of nine pro fights. Uh, his last fight was here in St. Louis against a guy who had not fought in 17 years. It was really pretty sad. And when we inducted Leon, uh, he was very gregarious for being here. He was very cooperative, but you couldn't understand him. He slurred his words, and doctors had diagnosed him in 2010 with shrinkings of the brain. That's what they call it. And it came from far too many fights. So, his, you know, it was a great story at the time, but his life was really kind of sad when you stop to think about it. Yeah, I was there that night at the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and the enshrinement uh, was made better by having his presence. But certainly, as you just illustrated, it did uh, bring forth the realities of the situation of a life of Leon Spinks, sadly, that ended Friday night at the age of 67. Uh, a great um, tr- history of boxing, though, and, and that fight no itself will, will, will never, ever uh, be taken away from him or that family. What a moment! I mean, what when as you were watching, um, what what did you? When did you realize perhaps I'm witnessing history here? Well, when it was a split decision. First of all, the first judge voted for Ali. The second judge voted for Spinks. Now we're waiting for the third judge, and he read it very slowly and read the decision, and he said, "And the new heavyweight." Well, everything went crazy. You never heard Leon's name because people just went crazy at the time. And uh, Ali admitted after the game, after the fight, that he took Leon far too, uh, far, didn't take him very seriously as he should have. Uh, he said, I couldn't believe how good a shape. He never got tired. He never got tired. Leon just pounded away at him. And actually, I think Leon won the fight substantially, but you have to beat, a, you really have to beat a, a assisting, an existing heavyweight champion to beat him, to get the decision. You know, that's why it was a split decision. But uh, the uh, Spinks' recent marriage, the woman that really helped him, she really saved him the last 15 years probably of his life. She took control of everything. She she took great care of him. She scheduled all of his appearances. She made sure that he got paid. So his last several years in Las Vegas were probably maybe the best years of his life, even though he finally had you know, it diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago. But uh, that was that was a good part of the story. But uh, it's really kind of a sad life, I think. His brother Michael was a much better boxer technically, and also won the heavyweight championship. By the way, yeah. I, I don't think it's ever happened where two brothers have both been heavyweight champions of the world. I covered that fight in Atlantic City, where where, where uh, he, Michael got knocked out in the first round. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael, uh, I remember watching with my dad, Michael getting yeah. knocked out by Mike yeah. Tyson. Mike Tyson, in the yeah. First round. Right. Yep, and, you know, in 76, he had Sugar Ray Leonard was part of that uh, Olympic team. And, um, you know, in our final minute here, I just say, I just have to say I miss boxing. I miss that boxing. You know, I still so try to I. catch boxing, but, boy, do I miss it, Ron. So do I. I really, really used to love to watch the sport. I don't really watch it much now anymore. It's just different. I don't know. First of all, it's an alphabet you know, kind of uh, of classifications. You never know who's fighting for what championship, that kind of thing. And there's just no big star, I guess. Uh, there's no Ali. There's there's no, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard. There's none of those kind of fighters. You don't know who they are. I do kind of miss it. I really don't watch it much anymore. 
Well, I want to direct people to something they can watch, and again, the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame website. Is that STL Sports HOF? No, no it's STLS HOF. There it is, STLS HOF at .com. STLSHOF.com. That's the yeah. St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame website, and they have video um, of Leon Spinks and the history that he made. Yeah, the, Certainly the 15th round of that watch. fight, it was, yeah. it's compelling. I watched it again this morning, wow. and it's really something. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and uh, always love hearing your voice and, and uh, telling us some stories in the history of our great city, and Leon Spinks is certainly that. Have a Take great Sunday, Ron. <laughs> it is your show. I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to host this show. I only did it for 25 years. Over. I'm not sure I know how to do it, but uh. <laughs> yes, you do. I, <laughs> have a good one, my friend. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. All right, buddy. There's Ron Jacober. Thanks to James O'Sullivan. He's the producer of the show. He can show you how to do it. I'm Tom Ackerman. Enjoy the game, everyone. Chiefs Super Bowl special is coming up at noon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.